at some point down the line, the freelance workforce is going to outnumber the amount of traditional employees that exist, which is why it's important that advocacy continues to be a main focal point for the union because we want to ensure that government is ready to provide the independent worker uh, with the social safety net that they need to be able to run their own business and not fall through the cracks. This is the I Make a Living podcast brought to you by FreshBooks, the number one cloud accounting solution for small business owners and their teams. I'm your host, Damona Hoffman, and I'm one of you, an entrepreneur with a desire to help others. My guest today, Rafael Espinal, has learned many disciplines and served in many roles in his career, but there's one thing that has remained the same across all of them, his passion for helping others. At the age of 26, he made history as New York's youngest elected official in the New York State Assembly. His time there included co-sponsorship of the nation's first right to disconnect bill introduced in New York City in 2019, which would give workers at companies with more than 10 employees the right to not respond to electronic work communications after business hours. Today, he is the executive director of the Freelancers Union, which has been advocating on independent workers' behalf since 1995, giving members access to education, resources, community, benefits, and a political voice. Here's Rafael on how he makes a living. Honestly, it's uh, running this organization, the Freelancers Union, pays the bills. So that's the only way it's full time. You've had quite a long career and you're still so young. <laughs> I can tell looking at you. But you started actually in politics at the age of 26. Is that correct? Yeah, that's when I got elected into office. Uh, my first job was at the age of 23. And I started writing correspondence for a local politician, and is which where I learned the whole magical world of local politics, the importance of it. And I kind of caught the political bug and decided that this is what I want to do with the rest of my life. You're kind of like the real life Alexander Hamilton, right? <laughs> he started I don't know, out maybe. <laughs> he started out writing letters for George Washington, and then the next thing you knew, he's on the ten dollar bill. Is that your aspiration? That was a tidbit I did not know about Alexander Hamilton, <laughs> but I, I guess it's something to aspire to now. <laughs> well, talk to me about the Freelancers Union. What is the Freelancers Union, first of all? I think if you're from New York and, you, and you're asked, do you know who the Freelancers Union is? You'll say, oh, yeah, I've seen their posters in the subways. They've been marketed everywhere. Uh, and it was created with the idea of being a space in which freelancers can get access to resources, but also to insurance at an affordable price. Prior to that, there was no real space in which freelancers were being organized around. Uh, and the founder, Sarah Horowitz, uh, who created it, uh, believed that this is the way forward and how freelancers can start building a unified voice, fighting for the rights and the, the needs that they deserve, while also being an organization that's looking at what are the best products, what are the best types of insurance that exist, and put them all in one place so that freelancers don't have to make that part of their struggle as they, as they start their business and you know, worry about how to make an income. Yeah, that's very important. And I want to get into all the nitty gritty on how to plan as an entrepreneur and freelancer for all of those things that you mentioned, which are very important. But you were on the New York City Council previously, so that's a big job. But for you to then move over to take on this role full-time, that must have been something that you were passionate about and felt was really important. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, 
when I went to college and I went to school in general, I never thought that I'd be involved in politics later in my life. Uh, I was actually a film and writing major in college, uh, so I knew that I wanted to be involved in the creative fields. When I, as I mentioned earlier, the union used to advertise heavily in the subways. I knew that at some point in my life, I would like to be part of an organization that advocated for creatives and, and freelance workers, because that's where I envisioned myself going. Of course, life takes you through different journeys, and I got involved in politics and I ran for office. But my personal passion for the creatives and the arts and independent workers was something that I carried through as a legislator. It wasn't why I ran for office, but being that it was a personal passion of mine, I used the office to find ways to support creatives. For example, we working with the union uh, at some point in my career, we created the Freelancers and Free Act, which is a law only exists in New York City that uh, allows freelancers to call the city of New York when they're having issues with client non-payment. And the city will actually play a role in helping you collect those dollars. And that's something that you don't see in any other part of the country. Uh, but because of the, the relationship that the union was able to build with my office, we were able to craft legislation and be able to carry that through and make that happen. So that's awesome. In my last few years in office, which was eight to 10 months ago, uh, the union approached me uh, as they were going through their own transition of looking for the next executive director. I was also nearing the twilight of my political career. But I knew that this was an organization that whether or not I was in office, I'd want to be a part of and continue collaborating and working with. So it was a natural transition for me. And it was a a no-brainer. Raphael's natural gravitation towards the kind of activism he practices stems from a lifelong exposure to freelance work. My father was a freelance photographer. My mom was a freelance baker. uh, And this was work that they would pick up on the evenings or on the weekends supplement their income. They raised six children in New York City, so you can imagine how expensive that is. But I also saw it as a way for them to also hone in on their hobbies and their hard skills that they've always had. And freelance work was their outlet in order to to do those things. So they weren't part of a union back then? During their day jobs, they were union workers. They were part of unions. They were able to get health care for the family, but they were just freelance workers on the side. So I always understood the, the benefits of freelance work and how important it is for there to be a support system for those workers as well. Yes, absolutely. And I know a a lot of people have different um, perspectives of unions and sometimes unions get a bad rap. What do you say to those people that are sort of on the fence about like the pros and cons of what a union may be able to offer them? Well, I would say it's mostly pros, right? The freelancers union is not a traditional labor union in that one It doesn't have the right to collectively bargain for freelance workers. What I believe that the union is very forward-thinking and and very innovative is that because freelancers don't have the right to collectively bargain within their own industries, the union worked into creating the space in which freelancers could become members of. And the real power we have is in actual numbers. And because we're now a very reputable organization that have a strong presence with membership, but also in governmental bodies. It helps us build the pressure we need to create the changes that freelancers need in order to improve their work environment and the benefits that they need and deserve. Uh, A traditional union, you know, are able to organize within the workplace. They're able to negotiate with the employer on what the salaries and benefits should be for the traditional worker. And that, again, that is something that freelancers unions cannot do personally, but through the organization, we're able to create this system in which it is used in a way that is similar to as, as a traditional labor union. 
Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of our listeners right now that are just like, wait, mind blown, didn't even know. <laughs> we have people mm-hmm. all over North America and all over the world that are like, there's someone that can offer me resources. I'm not in this alone. I have a way to get insurance. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it seems like I come from corporate media originally before I was a, a freelancer and entrepreneur. And then the benefit of going with a job like that is they're like, you get health, you get dental, you get disability, all of that stuff. And that was a big learning curve for me moving into being in business for myself of how do you even know what you need? How do you protect yourself? How do you make sure that you're getting all of the benefits when you're your own boss, but then you're also responsible? So can you talk a little bit about the benefits for members and how the freelancers union helps people navigate that process. Definitely. I mean, the best part of the union is that joining and becoming a member, it's free. Uh, There is no sign-up fee. It's literally a a form you can fill out in two minutes on our website at freelancersunion.org. And once you're you're on that site, you'll see all of the products that we offer for insurance. And these are products that, you know, we work closely with the companies to ensure that they actually work for freelance workers. Since freelance workers have different needs than than other types of businesses uh, that exist. Uh, So, for example, most recently, we were able to secure a deal with an insurance company named Dingy that focuses on providing insurance, liability insurance for writers. And right now, we are currently probably offering the lowest priced liability insurance for writers, given the fact that we had power in numbers and uh, the interest that the company had in working with our organization. Uh, We also offer health insurance. It's available at a more affordable cost. And so instead of you having to go out into the marketplace and trying to choose from 100 different insurance companies, we did the work for you and found which are the, the best carriers and which will give you more bang for your buck. I think that those scenarios play out in all types of insurance that we offer. It's health, dental, life, disability, vision, pretty much everything you need in order to successfully run your business, but also for you to take care of your own health. Yeah, I think that's something that a lot of freelancers put aside because the idea of figuring all this out is overwhelming. And then they think the cost is going to be so high. But, you know, if you're not insured and you need it, you you always have to plan before the need arises. And sometimes it's hard to prioritize that when you have very real world issues in front of you and things that you have to spend your money on, like, you know, rent and groceries. Absolutely. It's, it's extremely cost prohibitive. I think just, you know, making the leap from leaving a traditional workplace uh, to do freelance work is very scary. I think a lot of people stay at their traditional jobs uh, because of the benefits that come with it. No one wants to quit because they might lose their health insurance We understand that fear. Uh, So what we're trying to do here is encourage you to freelance. So just, you know, come on our website. We broke everything down for you, you know, and and take advantage of those resources in that space. Yeah, that's so important. I was thinking of a client that I had that was like, she said that she was getting married and she's like, you know, I don't really care about the ceremony, but mostly I just want my husband's insurance. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) you shouldn't have to be in that that position, right? (laughs) It's just like, well, go ahead and get married for the insurance. Uh, But I'm sure it's also for love. Listen, desperate times call for desperate measures. And if you live in the United States, chances are you've probably heard a story like this. While I don't personally have a solution to the insurance and healthcare issues freelancers experience in the time of COVID, 
I can tell you that you're not alone. You talked about this feeling of being really alone out there as an entrepreneur and freelancer and being overwhelmed. And Fresh Books has done the I Make a Living live events for a long time. But you also have had Spark within different freelance communities and localities. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us what Spark is and how it's operating in light of the current COVID situation? Spark is one of our community member meetups that we host in many different major cities across the country. Uh, and the way it's run is that we have Spark leaders who've reached out to us because they've had interest in building the community in their city and are connected through us in a way in which we work to provide them with the materials and the topics that they should be covering at their monthly meetup in order for those materials can be of value to the freelancers who shows up. So, for example, uh, we have a Spark leader in L.A. Uh, the meetings happen at the first Wednesday of every single month. And if you're a freelancer in L.A., you're able to you know, go on our website, find out where it's happening. And when you show up to these events, not only are you receiving information, but it's also creating opportunity for you to network with other freelancers who, one, might be in the same boat that you are, but also others that might be able to give you an opportunity and for you to build your, your own personal business or find your next job. So because of the fact that the freelance workforce is so fragmented, these spaces are valuable in, in, in helping build that connection and, and unifying the freelance community so that they can see that there is a space in which they can get the resources that they need, but there's also a community they can rely on when you're having your own personal challenges. Mm-hmm. So online, is there a way to still stay connected even though live events are not really a thing? Yeah. So we, we were holding these events in person, but because of the pandemic, obviously we had to move everything online. We thought it was important, especially during the height of the pandemic, that freelancers had a space to go to to vent and receive updates on how they can find resources for themselves, how to apply for relief. So everything is right now being hosted in many different streaming platforms, for example, like Zoom, you know, Google. Uh, so with, depending on the city you in which you are, that leaders decides on, on how that event is being held. So I encourage you to go on our website, freelancersunit.org, under Spark, find your city, uh, and you're able to RSVP for the events happening. Excellent, excellent. So important to keep that community going, especially as we are even more fragmented than we even were before. I also understand you have a survey that you do every year. I'm kind of into stats, as some of the listeners know. And I saw that 57 million Americans freelanced in 2019. Yes? Yeah. Were there any other surprising findings or uh, key learnings and takeaways from last year's survey? I think the biggest one is that we're continuing to see younger generations choose freelance work over uh, traditional employment. So, for example, the, the millennial workforce and the Gen Zers are beginning to outnumber the previous generations before them, which I believe is nearing about 50 percent of folks who are Gen Zers and millennials are choosing freelance work or traditional wow. work. It's really showing that at some point down the line, the freelance workforce is going to outnumber the amount of traditional employees that exist, which is why it's important that advocacy continues to be a main focal point for the union because we want to ensure that government is ready to provide the independent worker uh, with the social safety net that they need to be able to run their own business and not fall through the cracks. Uh, the pandemic has, has really highlighted the need for that. You know, As soon as the first wave hit, 
Uh, there were a lot of freelancers who were concerned about where they were going to you know, make their next dollar in order to pay the bills that we all were facing or, pe- or even put food on the table. But freelancers did not qualify, for example, for benefits like unemployment insurance prior to that. So it wasn't until we advocated the federal government and they passed the CARES Act, which was the first relief package, in which that the independent worker for the first time in history was able to qualify for unemployment insurance and benefited from that. I just think that this study really highlights how fast the freelance workforce is growing and how important it is for government to start rethinking how they're going to approach the economy. And I saw you did that study in collaboration with Upwork, which is a tool, a marketplace to find other freelancers that I frequently used. I've used for many years in my business. And I think sometimes people forget that as a freelancer, there are other freelancers who might have complementary skills who could support you. Are there other tools or marketplaces or networking opportunities beyond the ones that we've already talked about that you recommend for people to find this kind of collaboration and support? Currently, none that I recommend. What I am seeing is there's this big movement and shift in organizations that exist to help create worker co-ops that are specific to freelancers. That way, freelancers can work within a co-op share the costs of running your own business, get the the support they need, while also being able to weather all of the, any potential economic downturn since you're all working in a unit and you're all owners of this single entity. There's also, I would say, a lot of amazing worker directors that are being created independently from what exists out in the market. We as a union, for example, created the Black Freelancers Directory. Uh, We thought it was important to uplift the voice and the work of Black freelancers, I think that there is this conception out there that if you're a freelancer, you're most likely white, you're most likely well off, and that's usually the pools that that end up getting hired. So we want to make sure that if you're someone who wants to change the demographic makeup of the people you are hiring, if you want to be able to uplift folks who have been at this event for a long time, go check out our Black freelancers. There are so many great freelancers that are out there. That's a tool and resource in which if you're a freelancer and want to put your name up on the board, you can go on our website and do that. Uh, While we are out there looking for potential employers that can use that directory to make those hires. That's so important. And as a black freelancer, thank you for offering (laughs) that resource. Because I do find there's a desire from a lot of people to diversify their talent pool or their collaboration pool. But then they're like, well, I only know who I know and or the people right. who the people I know know and we know people like us. So it's really great mm-hmm. to have a resource that seeks to expand your network. We are still deep into the pandemic, but I'm optimistic that there is an end in sight. Who else is planning on being first in line for the COVID vaccine? <laughs> Unwavering optimism aside, the economics of the situation are still tricky. Now is the time to come together and advocate for our governments to take freelancers' struggles seriously. In the States, the Paycheck Protection Program closed on August 8th of this year, and we're still waiting to hear updates on further government funding. We will keep you updated as soon as we get word. Yeah, first and foremost, if you're someone who is struggling because of the pandemic, you should go to the SBA's website, sba.gov. They have uh, access to a lot of grants and low-income lines of credit that you can use uh, to weather the pandemic. For example, there is the EIDL loan, which is the the Economic Disaster Loan, 
uh, the first $10,000 you qualify can be turned into a full grant, which is free money for yourself. Uh, and anything above that becomes a, a very low interest loan, which I think is it's about at 1%. And of course, unemployment insurance. For the first time in, in American history, if you're a freelance worker, you are able to qualify for unemployment insurance if you're making below a, a certain amount of dollars a week. So go check out your state's website, apply for unemployment insurance. It's there for you to use. There's no shame in using it. Your tax paying dollars pays for that. So uh, go to your state's website and apply for that as well. We as a union at one point opened up an application for uh, COVID relief, and it was a fund that was driven by donors, by Americans who, who had the means to be able to donate. And what we did was take every single dollar that we collected and give it back to the freelancers who were members and that were most in need. We unfortunately received an overwhelming number amount of applications that we, we had to put a pause in the program until we get through all the dollars that we have. But we have to, again, focus on fundraising because the need aside, there's a lot of folks out there who are suffering at the height of the pandemic. We found that about 80% uh, of our membership uh, was either unemployed or underemployed and over 90% expected that by the end of the year, they were going to be in a place in which they were going to have to depend on some sort of relief. So the need, even though you might hear in the news that the economy is bouncing back and the job numbers are dropping, and of course, there are certain industries that are hiring, there's still an overwhelming amount of people out there who are currently behind on rent, could benefit from you know food assistance, for example. Uh, so there's still a lot of work to do. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and if you're someone looking for resources... Just keep looking for these uh, foundations who who are putting together these relief funds and and continue applying for them. Thank you for saying that and for offering those resources and also for mentioning that there's no shame in needing help right now. And, you know, this is really something that I think a lot of people struggle with, like asking for help. Does that mean you failed or or you don't want to be, you know, a drain on on your family or on the government? But this is tough times right now. And it's wonderful that the Freelancers Union has been able to get funding to be able to help some people, but we still have a ways to go. And there's so much more uh, that people will need to bridge that gap. And there's no shame in needing help right now or at any point. You know, we are all on this journey that has a lot of ups and downs. So uh, we have to rely on each other. And that's what I love about the Freelancers Union is that you're giving people that network of support when otherwise they might be kind of adrift by themselves. Talk to me about the blog. You also have a blog that has a lot of information and resources. Are those posts generated by members? Who's creating that content? And what's the mission with the Freelancers Union blog? Yeah, so the blog, I would say, is probably one of the most important components of of the work that we do. It is our space in which we could provide you with real-time information uh, on one, as simple as, you know, information on how to build your business, uh, two, how to do your taxes, uh, for you to learn the importance of certain insurances, for the industry you're in. And it's uh, information that's curated and created by our team. They are submissions that come from our members. There are submissions that come from tax and legal professionals. And we really try to make it a valuable resource uh, because we know that, you know, scouring the web, trying to find what works best for you, you know, can be difficult. Uh, so everything we put up here is mostly information that we believe can support freelancers in all types of industries, right? We have freelancers who are creatives. 
We have freelancers who are drivers. We have freelancers who are in construction, freelancers who create podcasts. We focus on issues that, that really have an overarch and, and really affect everyone, and no matter what field or business you're in. So if you go on our blog, you'll uh, most likely be able to find information that uh, is helpful and pertains to you. Uh, and I must say, it's, it's the highest clicked and viewed freelancer blog in, in the country. So I think we're doing something right there. Sounds like it for sure. All right. Before we go, Raphael, we like to ask all of our guests to share some advice. The last or best piece of advice that you either gave or received. Non-payment is a huge issue, right? Across the board, uh, especially if you're a freelancer. But there are ways you can control the outcome of your relationship with your client. And one is requiring them to, to make a payment up front. And two is requiring them to make a payment before they receive any deliverables or any of the work that you have produced for them. And that way, uh, there's an even exchange. And at the end of the day, you leave with the confidence that you got paid for the work that you've done and you don't have to spend two or three months trying to chase down that final payment. So I would say don't be afraid to include that in your contract, you know, whether you want to structure the payments out in, in you know, first half at the beginning, second half at the end, or create a structure in which, you know, people pay you every week. But it's important that you take control of those contracts and make sure that you're getting paid at the end of the day. That is so smart and something I had to learn the hard way. (laughs) Yep. After doing an entire project for someone and then one thing happened that she didn't like and then I never got my check. (laughs) But but you're right. Like you're doing the work. You're doing the work. So you have to have policies in place to make sure that you're being fairly compensated for the work that you're doing. This was such an important conversation, Raphael. I really appreciate you being here to share your insights with us. Thank you, Damona. It's been a pleasure. If you're a freelancer, here's some more food for thought. Over 57 million Americans do freelance work. Approximately a third of the U.S. workforce has done freelance work at some point in their career. Many other economies around the world are seeing a similar boom in freelance work. When your government talks about fixing the economy, they should also be considering your need as a freelancer, too. Together, we can advocate for better legislation and representation for the future of freelancers. Here's what we learned from Raphael today. Don't be too tough to ask for help. Check out your local government resources and SBA to understand what options are available to you right now. Build your community. Even if you work alone, your network is a vital part of your livelihood as a freelancer. Make sure you check out the many resources that the Freelancers Union offers on their website and blog at freelancersunion.org. This podcast was brought to you by FreshBooks, the number one cloud accounting solution for freelancers and their teams. We have so many tools that help you financially during this challenging time. Check out the exclusive offer for our podcast listeners at freshbooks.com slash I-M-A-L. Again, that's freshbooks.com slash I-M-A-L, short for I Make a Living. Our audio engineer and composer is James Morris. Our associate producer is Leo Shell Villanueva. Producing and direction comes from Paco Erzmendi. And I'm your host and producer, Demona Hoffman. I'd love to connect with you and keep building out our community. You can find me on all of the socials at Demona Hoffman or at DemonaHoffman.com. And remember to help each other out because it's your business. See you next week.